0: The Athletic. This is Talk of the Devils of Manchester United podcast brought to you by the Athletic. I'm Ian Irving, and for a change, I'm stood alongside Andy Mitten and Laurie Whitwell here inside Old Trafford. Manchester United have played out a very entertaining and eventful 3-2 win over Arsenal, Cristiano Ronaldo has scored his 800th and 801st career goal to win United this game, but somehow that's not the biggest story of the night because Michael Carrick, the caretaker manager, Andy Mitten, is going to ride off into the sunset with the best win percentage of any Manchester United
1: manager. He's stepping aside. What's your reaction? You've just robbed my question I was going to ask him there. I put my hand up to ask him that in the press conference and then uh, yeah, I put my hand down by accident and so I didn't get a chance to ask him. Um, Michael I know you absolutely love this podcast so you have got the best record ever as a Manchester United manager and um, you know you're up there with Ferguson for what you've done as as Manchester United manager in these couple of games seriously I think he conducted himself very well in the short time I don't know his reasons for stepping aside I think you've got to respect them he was a top player here and he really impressed me in his his short spell as manager the way he dealt with us as journalists Um, when we asked him questions he gave us detailed answers but when you're the manager, it's all about results. Um, that that win in Villarreal last week was a, a really, really good win. Um, the draw at Chelsea. If Fred would have um, had his shooting boots on, he could have had a hundred percent record. And then um, I thought that was a thrilling game tonight, especially for a neutral. None of us are neutral, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that game tonight. So I think Carrick. I don't know, in a cliche mode, saying he leaves with his head held high. I know he, he liked Ollie a lot, respected Ollie a lot and was surprised when he went into training last week to have it put on to him that he would he would be manager. I think he was very professional, how he dealt with that. Only he'll know his reasons. I mean, he might have accepted the Real Madrid job and he's moving there tomorrow. We just, we just don't know at the moment, but he leaves with a very good um, report card from most United fans.
0: Yeah, I just spoke to Michael Carrick, pitch side, uh, for an interview, and he sort of said it was for family reasons. He said he promised his family that he was going to spend some time with them when he retired from football and instead of doing that he's just jumped straight into coaching which he said probably takes up more time than actually playing. Um, Was that the same message in the press conference that you just sat in Laurie?
2: Yeah, I thought that was the main takeaway. Um, I managed to raise my hand and, and keep it raised, so I managed to sneak. A well question. done. <laughs> Is this, we're doing a press conference in in person tomorrow, aren't we? With, with Ralph Rangnick, that'd be nice. Raising our hand in, in person. I um, forgot Ralph Rangnick when I started off this podcast. Actually, I should have announced that he was here as well. Yeah, never mind. He was in the stands, just to the left of us, clapping. Cristiano Ronaldo's goal. He looked um, quite quite pleased, but equally a lot for him to consider. You know, some of the defensive um, <laughs> situations weren't the best. But you know, Michael Carrick. I thought I was shocked. You know, that, that, that the full time whistle goes he got a really long hug from Bruno Fernandes and I thought okay in hindsight that's what he was giving him a hug for but he said he only told the players in the dressing room afterwards and they were pretty shocked he told his close coaches Kieran McKenna at lunchtime today um, and he said he was found it quite hard to actually keep it a secret from people for the last couple of days he decided before meeting Ralph Randick that that's what he was going to do to step aside and I think you're right the family thing because I think if you think about it has been a player for so many years, it's intense, it's Manchester United, the focus is always there and then if he's told his family he's going to retire and spend some time with them and then, oh actually no, I'm going to coach and then, oh actually I'm going to be the caretaker manager for a bit the intensity is huge and he probably, I guess, experienced a lot of different um, you know, uh, directions he was pulled in uh, he mentioned um, that his son wants to take his son wants him to take him in the away end at United so we might see yeah, him back at uh, a United well, yeah. game soon um, which he's been in the away end, hasn't he? I think he was at Anfield was yeah. that one time Darren so. Fletcher I
0: think actually, We're on the touchline together tonight
2: that's quite quite a nice little uh, juxtaposition the hood up I think it was wasn't it trying to keep a low profile but he quickly got found out Um, so that would be nice to see him again but yeah I agree with Andy I think he's he's actually done really well in this situation he has been scrutinised you know Roy Keane and Paul Scholes said some pretty stern things and I think actually in, in the circumstances he's done really well. I mean, even tonight, you know, he got asked about leaving Cristiano Ronaldo out uh, and and leaving Bruno Fernandes. That was my question to him about the Bruno Fernandes hug. And he said, I think he was still complaining about me leaving him out against Villarreal. So he's, he's, he was quite deft at that and, and had quite a nice humour about him. So he's obviously a really nice guy. And yeah, he leaves with everyone's best wishes. You said before about not... Sort of using cliches with Michael Carrick, but it's very easy to do that because he has been a great
1: servant to the club, he has won a lot of things and he is leaving with his head held high, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He was a top player and he got a lot of um, plaudits when when he finished his time as a player. Although I remember times when the fans were properly on his back. I remember interviewing him in 2010 and putting the questions out on, on the internet saying if anyone's got any questions for Michael Carrick. And the first one was like, why don't you leave? And I'm like, whoa. Mm. You know, there were times where he really was a scapegoat, but I think he came through all that, played a huge number of matches, like top, top 15, top 10, and um, won, won the lot. So I, I really liked him when I first saw him play for, for West Ham as, as a young lad. And sometimes an a, a, away player catches your eye, and he caught mine when, when he was at West Ham. And he was a big success here and a good person. We've all been fortunate enough to interview him loads of times. He's got a good humour about him. I just think he's a nice lad and whatever he wants to do, I think you've, you've got to respect that. But I'm is quite sad because I'm sure he's got something where he could have been an addition to Manchester United. But I felt the same way when, when Nicky Butt went earlier on this year. And I know that there's people in the club who feel exactly that way. They're saying, like, um, you know, Butt, he should still be here. And... It's such a subjective industry, and I think Michael was part of a coaching s- uh, staff where he was well-regarded, but while we can speak well to him, that team has been failing. It's been failing really badly. Manchester United shouldn't be where they are in the league. Tenth heading into this game you know, tonight, weren't they? Uh, miles off the top. This was the season we are supposed to challenge for the league title, and it's been dreadful and if we want to be negative, the team can't keep a clean sheet at Old Trafford. I'm not going into Roy Keane mode here, and I enjoyed that game tonight, but that was the first win at Old Trafford in a league game since um, Newcastle. Yeah, 11th of September. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it has it, got his reasons, and uh, uh, as you said, the, the family reasons, football takes an awful lot out of people, and the lads of his generation, they don't actually need the money they've made the money financially i'm not saying that m- money is a motivation for them because the coaches aren't particularly well well paid um but they've made enough money to go off and you know ride into the sunset and in michael's case with the best ever record as a united manager if i was him i'd make loads out of that i <laughs> should be, we have yeah we have it should be basically same. when's my statue being built you know as a manager when we're getting the stand named after me
0: you brought it back from Roy Keane mode there, very well, Andy. Actually, but before you consider going back into it, let's hear from Michael Carrick. Then this was him speaking just shortly after it was announced on the full-time whistle that he was to leave Manchester United.
3: It's not been an easy one to make, to be honest, but I feel it's the right one. I'm I'm, I'm content with my decision. I feel I feel quite happy. I've um, I was meant to take some time off after I finished playing, and I promised the family that we'd have some time together, and uh, it's never happened. And I think I've thrown myself into to. to 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 work in here for, for so long that um it just feels like it's the right time to 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 step away i mean it's you know i'll be back around the place i'm not i'm not disappearing but um yeah it's just it's just the right time and what a way to finish it's a perfect night really
1: When did you make the decision and, and it's your decision correct not the club's decision?
3: yeah no, 100% my decision yeah 100% my decision um just yeah over, over the last week really a, a little bit it was, it was creeping in and um I was conscious and, and I respected the club and I respected the new manager coming in and that I wanted to make the decision before I had any contact with him or spoke to him. There was no crossover whatsoever. And I thought it was the right thing to do for, for the club as, as much as, as uh, for Ralph. And, um, and yeah, Once I made the decision, that was, that was final and I, I was quite happy with that too. I mean,
1: I mean, mean, Some people had said that oh, Michael Carrick should have left with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Was that in, in your mind
2: as well? Was that a factor in this decision?
3: Um, no, well, listen. It's easy. It's easy to say that, and, and yeah, there was a part of me, a big part of me, is is, is um, to do that. But at the same point, it, we we were in a situation where um, there was a responsibility for me to, to see this these three games sure, through. But, it, but was it a factor in in your, in your decision now that that loyalty, if you like, with Ollie? Um, a little bit, yeah. Of course, it was because I owe an awful lot. I just said to the players and the staff there of the way the way we've worked together and we, you know, good 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 people in there. Sometimes you, you get what you deserve. Sometimes you don't. We you know we've I've, I've worked so hard to to try and bring some success here in, in recent years, and you know it's it's hard to take when you don't quite get to them heights. But um. Great times, great memories, uh, proud of the players over, over the last three games and tonight, give everything and you know, in some ways it was the perfect night. But it's it's not about me, it's about the players in the, in the club. Did the players
2: know before or have you just,
3: just told No, oh, I just told them about five minutes ago. Then, How did it go know. down? Um, probably yeah, a bit shocked, yeah. A bit, a bit surprised, uh, a little bit emotional in the changing room to be honest, but um, I kind of expected that. I, I held it together just about, but um, yeah, it's... It's not been easy to to keep it away from people, I must admit, over the last few days, but I I had a job to do, you know, and and I was desperate to to win the game for the club and for the fans and for the players, so I was kind of, I'm not the important one here.
0: Laurie, so one thing actually from this, obviously we saw Ralph Rangnick in the stand here at Old Trafford for the first time, he's going to speak here at this stadium in the morning for the first time as United boss as well. Before we speak about him though, this is a new era, isn't it, for United? Even if it's a sort of temporary era, so to speak, that's starting. So, will Michael Carrick be the only high-profile departure? Do you think, or could there be more?
2: It really will be interesting, actually, because he's obviously he's the one taking this decision. So, but it will be interesting once Ralph Raniek gets in the building and assesses everybody. What he thinks the makeup of his staff needs to be, because you might get a situation where you've got too many cooks, you know, spoiling the broth. And you know, they already have a, a pretty large staff. At Manchester United, you know, set piece coach now I did two goalkeeping coaches. Um, Darren Fletcher was again, you know, on the, on the touchline, um, you know, giving instructions and, and listening to his headset with the analyst who sat just behind us. It was quite interesting actually hearing some of their sort of points as, as things were going on. One little tidbit was that Fred should have fouled uh, Martinelli I think when he was running through because McTominay was already on a booking, so you know, it was like <laughs> one of the, one of you take him out, but you know. Neither one did. Cynical, I like it. Yeah, I got the Fernandinos about him sometimes. He needs it, but I thought he had a pretty good game. Fred, all, all, all things considered, a bit chaotic, but like, like Manchester United, really. Um, but yeah, now Ralph Rennie will get in the building. He's obviously only just come into England, you know, this week, and he's only just got his visa. He's not got much time though. When you look at the the turnover, I mean, I know United have got a gap around Christmas of about nine days, haven't they? When they don't have a game because um, the way the fixtures fall, that's probably his best coaching period that he'll have in the whole you know season um, so really anything that he wants to instill he's, he's only going to have a few opportunities to do so and that might be a bit of a shock to him given in Germany they've obviously got the winter break and, and it, you know there's only 18 teams in the Bundesliga so there's not as many fixtures so that'll be an interesting thing for him to consider and I suppose yeah once he gets in here who what does he want each individual to do we're told that he wants to bring an assistant in possibly a video analyst as well and maybe a third one It's still to be decided. I think again. I think they're having perhaps they've got to go through work permit and visa sort of applications. So that's that's still to be decided. That's gone well so far, hasn't it? Well, yeah. It took a while, didn't it? But then um, a few questions. You know, I did a Ralph Rennie Q and A yesterday, and a few questions were like, um, "Is he definitely coming?" (laughs) (laughs) And I said, "No, no, no problem." And then you obviously could have had egg on my face, but no. I think when United say they've they've got a guy, they've got lawyers, and they know how to handle these things. But it was actually nice to see him in the flesh. He is here. He arrived at 4:30. Did you say in? 4:30.
0: Yeah. He had his dinner here. Bless him. It's going to be the most relaxed pre-match sort of preparation he's going to have this season, I think, isn't it? Sort of a a quiet meal, because there's barely anyone inside Old Trafford when I get here at half past four, but Ranjit was here having his dinner. Amazing. Right, we'll talk more about Ralph certainly, in a minute, but we need to react to this game, Andy, as well, don't we? Because that was a huge win for Manchester United. Old Trafford is pretty much empty, apart from a few security guards and us. We can hear the pitter-patter of the rain... We're, we're dry, that's the important yeah, it's not, thing.
2: It's not leaking, the reef is sometimes a bit leaky, but it's actually quite nice right now. We
1: can confirm
0: this section is keeping us
1: dry, yeah. That was a huge win, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And if you. It's a six pointer, and again, not going to slip into cliche mode, but if Arsenal would have won that match and they went ahead, what that, what that gap would have been, eight, nine points. That's a big, big gap so early on in the season. There's already a huge gap to, to the top, but just to get a win. Uh, in a league match at home because the, the the home form has been really really poor against an in-form Arsenal team who turned the season around after a very poor start to the season. Arsenal's away form is is not very good, but I saw tonight some really good players like Smith Rowe, Martinelli, the times when they were carving through Manchester United's them sort of spaces behind the midfield and in front of, of the defenders, and I wouldn't have been stunned if they'd got an equaliser. At the end, I thought towards the end, that's when Victor Lindelof really grew into the game for Harry Maguire, had a decent match. It was well. better, wasn't it? Yeah, it was better, and he hooked the ball away like a couple of minutes before the end, did some really good passing. You uh, see that really
0: obvious attempt to waste time at the end where he pretended he thought it was a free kick. I love that from, <laughs> from Maguire. Fantastic.
1: So a 3-2 three, three, win um, during a spell when there's a lot of league games where United can move back up but I'm also seeing them top three just winning all the time thinking what is the ceiling now, is it just to get to fourth and that, that's my worry and I'm thinking that would actually be a success and I wrote a piece for The Athletic today, what what does success look like for for Ralph Rangnick and... Could United get to third? At the way I see it at the moment, I just I just can't see that happening. So you could get an improbable victory in a cup competition because of the cup competitions. Um, do you see United winning the Champions League this year? No, I mean, th- even tonight, there were large elements of that game which were completely chaotic. Where you're thinking Arsenal could score here and Lurie touched on Fred, you know, he he's he given the ball away and again, he actually had a good game and he's having a, a good little run. Asked Michael Carrick about him yesterday and put something online about him, and the reaction was really negative. He's not a popular player mm. among um, a lot of United fans. So Ralph Rangnick, who t- was wearing leather driving gloves, if I'm not mistaken, tonight. Very German. Yeah, and um, he's got a, he's got a huge job to do. He's he's come with a really good um, CV, and when you're seeing people like Thomas Tuchel and Jurgen Klopp talking so well about him. It fills people with optimism, and I stood outside the ground for three hours tonight, and I spoke to lots and lots of people, and they were optimistic. But they're always going to be when a new manager comes in, just like a new player comes in, because it's your fresh new toy, and they want to see it in action. But if you don't win in the first six matches, people are going to be right onto him, and and already some people have said to me, cynical types, admittedly, what's he done? He's in Moscow. What what's going on here? and so there's that element always waiting to bite and that's understandable because this season so far has been a failure with a capital F for Manchester United it's been poor and I enjoyed that and I really enjoyed the win in Villarreal although it wasn't a classic performance but the league table's not lying the the best teams are miles ahead of United at the moment Laurie, I
2: saw Cristiano Ronaldo press tonight did you see it? (laughs) I saw him press in the 83rd minute. Absolutely, it was. It wasn't even a press. It was like a, a one-man a de- charge, a wasn't it? Demon mission, <laughs> uh, you know. And he's got Gabriel. And I'm, I'm saying, I don't think that's a foul. And then the replays coming, Oh, yeah, okay, fine. he has tugged <laughs> him down. But I mean, sprinting. It was almost like, here we go. I've, I've had all this criticism. I'm going to show you. I can. I can do it. Late on in a game. And there was other moments where he was obviously moving in certain positions. Where I thought United. I thought United's press when Arsenal had a goal kick was actually pretty coordinated today. Maybe it could have been better, more intense, but. Maybe that's what Ranit could work on, but it seemed like at least there was some organisation behind it. And you know, as I say, it, it kind of got them into difficult positions. Arsenal a few times, but I mean, yeah, clearly he's also delivered in the most crucial element of the game in terms of scoring goals. Interesting that he took the penalty. Obviously, we've not seen United get a penalty. It's been a long run for United not to get a penalty, considering you know how many penalties they've had over the last couple of seasons. And there was no question he was taking it. A similar technique to Bruno, just got it under the crossbar. Um, and I mean, but his, his finish, you know, I mean, the, the shot just before then when he. On, on to his left, and, and Ramsdale did a good save. And then the finish itself—it wasn't. It, it, obviously, it was a, a you know, pretty sh- simple um, task for him, but he still had to, you know, caress it in the right way. You know, absolutely into the corner. Ramsdale's dive—I love that. You know, absolutely no way near it. But I've still got a dive. Just but good on the pitches didn't it? Exactly. You know. It is Ronaldo's
0: 800th career goal as well. Ramsdale will always be in that picture now, <laughs> diving at least.
2: <laughs> That's it. If he'd stood there, everyone would oh, he's just you know, tapped it in. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a good way to bring up the 800, wasn't it? You know, and, and the crowd, you know, Revelled in it, didn't they? And a couple of the players, you know, Sancho and Tellez decided to do the old CU celebration as well. Um, but I thought he, I thought he looked, you know, determined tonight, Ronaldo. You know, and I think pretty much, I'm not sure how much Ranier can change that team into what he might consider to be the. I mean, you know, you could maybe go to a back three if, if Ferran's fit. But with the players that are currently available, you know, I look at Diogo Dallo, and I think he did a really good job deputising for Wan-Bissaka That that pass to uh, to Rashford for, for Ronaldo's goal. He was, just, he was thinking positively and, and doing things quite, you know, at a moment's notice. It wasn't like he was sort of considering what to do with the ball and it was a bit hesitant. Um, and I thought Alex Tillis as well did, you know, pretty good, you know, as left back with Luke Shaw having a bit of a dip recently. So it'll be interesting to see what Ranić chooses. But I kind of, there was moments where it looked fraught again and probably a better team would have picked United off. Arsenal clearly are OK, but they're about at the same level as United. And actually, United have got a bit more firepower at the moment, so they ultimately won the game. And I think they also had a kind of, you know, Michael Carrick spoke about feeding off the energy of the crowd. and I think they did do that. And I think that's what got them the win in the end.
0: Yeah, again, save the Ralph chat just for a minute if we can. I promise we will talk about the new United manager in a minute. But just, let's round off this game, Andy. It didn't matter in the end, but what do you make of that first goal? It was bizarre, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I, I feared when I first saw it, that's a goal, that. And I, I don't think Arsenal's players thought it was right at the start. And I just thought this is actually um, Fred has stood on under here who went down. I don't think it looked great on him when he jumped back up like no. a, a minute later. And it was a bizarre goal, but it, it was a goal. You can argue for the, the sportsmanship angle. It was a goal. I think there would be more of a furore if United had had not got the three points there but yeah it it was an odd goal Um, Smith Rowe I think is a really good player I know he's, he's done well, I'm not watching him every week, but I thought he had a decent game.
0: Yeah. I was sat with Peter Smichael. I was working with him uh, on the game tonight. My left side is probably black and blue for the amount of times he elbowed me. He was angry about that goal being allowed, he yeah. was angry that De Gea didn't get up quicker, he was angry that Arsenal reacted and celebrated the way yeah. they did. I said that I thought Ronaldo was going to miss, I just had a feeling. He said, absolutely not, it's Cristiano Ronaldo as he struck the ball in the back of the net. Um, I enjoyed that game sat with Peter actually, it's quite you sort of still feel quite lucky the fan inside you is still feel, feeling like this is a guy who's in goal for the treble and the next thing you know he's elbowing you in the side saying that Arsenal should be celebrating a goal but um, it didn't matter in the end did it? Could Arsenal maybe have shown a little bit more sportsmanship maybe am I being harsh my,
1: my intonation suggesting it? Yeah, they, they could have done, of course they could have but it's, it's highly unlikely, yeah, you're away at Old Trafford. Their fans were steaming into the away end before I got in quite late tonight uh, singing we won the league in Manchester and goading Manchester United. So I I don't think it was likely that they were going to say, actually, no, can you take the goal (laughs) away from us? We we prefer it to be nil-nil rather than be one up at Old Trafford. We'd rather keep our dreadful away record. (laughs) There was some old school chants tonight as well. Did yeah. you hear someone sh- sing at one point, you're not singing anymore? Yeah, yeah, I did. Was like, Fantastic. It, it was I think it was the Arsenal fans. <laughs> yeah. And I, I quite liked it. If you're selling out 3,000, I know they're a big club. Um, but you only when, sing when your winning came out yeah, as well, God, didn't you? Yeah. I, I like stuff like that. And it was, it, it was a decent atmosphere. It's getting confusing all the different chants for the different managers. I didn't hear any for Ralph tonight, Ralphie Ralphie. We saw some big flags. Uh, the TRA had a big flag out tonight. There was a big flag for uh, Ollie Gunner. Um, lots of songs for, for Michael Carrick as well I think there's a good atmosphere about this place this year and when the team were really good that wasn't always the case it really declined throughout the 90s when the Stretford End was taken down when the Terracing vanished the club didn't really care and the club are communicating now and they announced um, the day before the game about the fan advisory board the proof will be in the pudding there whether there's going to be real power with those people or whether it's just a sop to the to to the glazers but there's definitely been improvements in terms of uh, the fan communication leading to a much better atmosphere this year it's just a shame the team's been been so bad (laughs) yeah tonight
0: was a bit better wasn't it certainly this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before
2: You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Stretford end
2: where he is at home. Ronaldo clatters it in. Without compromise. With utter certainty.
0: Right. Let's talk about Ralph Rangnick then. He's going to hold his press conference in the morning. He was here at Old Trafford for the match tonight. Laurie, did you see Ralph Rangnick do anything inside this ground that interested you?
2: He clapped when Ronaldo scored. I, I think he even stood up. Um, so is that a standing ovation for for the guy that? It is in tabloid speak, so let's go with it. <laughs> Standing ovation for Ronaldo from Ranić, the manager that everyone thinks he's going to drop Ronaldo because he can't press, which we've already sort of said he can. And also, I saw him press, so did you. We've all seen him press, and there's also, you know, this idea there was a player at uh, Red Bull. Uh, Salzburg called Soriano who was basically the Austrian version, although he wasn't Austrian, Austrian League version of Ronaldo, scored a load of goals, didn't really run about that much. And the team, I know he wasn't the manager ran but he was the sporting director. Um, and the team basically was constructed to, to get him the ball and, and you know create scoring opportunities for him. That they pressed, you know, so that he could kind of make his movements in the most effective way. That could happen with Ronaldo. So, but yeah, that's what I saw from Ranick. It was difficult. He was sat next to John Murta. I was sort of craning my neck trying to find him. Um, but there was a few, you know, Richard Arnold was here, Matt Judge was here, and, and you can see Matt Judge is a tall guy, so you, you can always spot him. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really see him. He, he had a notebook with him. I'd love to see what was in that notebook, but you know, he's obviously got you know a short turnaround now before the press conference at 9am, and then he's got training with them. And then, but it's going to be you know a warm down session really. So his first, his only training session before the Crystal Palace game will be Saturday. Can how much can you really instill? It's going to be. These are my ideas. He's been looking at stuff with his video analyst. Uh, he's been studying the games. He's got ideas clearly, but you know it's a different matter when you then get on the training pitch, I think and see how the players react to what you're telling them. So he's I guess it's going to be a case of him putting his you know his character into them, giving them certain instructions, but probably having to keep it a bit simple because you know too much complexity you know might you know, turning disastrously really.
0: Yeah Darren Fletcher had his ear piecing again so we were all pitch side sort of scrabbling to see if he was on the line to Ralph, I, I can confirm he wasn't. Um,
1: anything about Ralph interests you Andy? I couldn't really see him, but, uh, I, got, I got told early on that he's arrived in the ground and he's with John Murta and Ed Woodward, but I've got n- no evidence. Did you know, was Ed here? Did you know that? Ed was here, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. And David Beckham, actually, with yeah, his David son. David Beckham yeah. was here. And Peter Schmeichel, as you know, because you sat ne- next to Mark week. Hughes I've spotted as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad that Mark Hughes is coming to watch Manchester United again, actually, because he was a big star here in the 80s. And when he went away to manage all the different teams, he didn't like to talk about Manchester United, it seemed to me. And I spoke to him a year ago, and he was really affectionate talking about his time here. And so I'm pleased that you've said that. We're the only people left in this ground now, aren't we? Literally, we're about to get thrown out. He won't throw us out. I know him. He'll be sweet. He won't throw us out. Well, he might do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're about to find out, aren't we, one way or another. Final word then, what we're expecting from Ralph in the morning. I think probably by the point people are listening to this, they will have either heard from Ralph or they're about to hear from Ralph. I don't know why I keep calling him Ralph rather than Rangik. It just feels
1: more natural, almost. What are we expecting from him in the morning? Well, he's meeting us at nine o'clock in the morning, and that's the first in-person press conference um, here in the post-COVID era, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah. Um, I know there are a few European away games. Um, I just think it's a really interesting time, and I'll give you an example. Laurie talked about video analysts. Then, well, United have already got one. They've got a few. And they're actually very good at the job. So the new man comes in and says, actually, my man's here. How does he fit that jigsaw in? Is Michael Carrick going? Is, does that make it easier for him? Because he doesn't have to accommodate him. How much does he know about these people? Does he, what's his opinion of, of Darren Fletcher or Kieran McKenna? It's very difficult just to make a, a judgment in such a short space of time about people who are going to be vital to your, your working setup." And he hasn't got much time, and he'll be flavouring a month for a short period of time. But he's got to be winning pretty much from the start. Because if he's not, he's going to be right on top of him. Even though the fans are patient here, it's still going to be a massive level of of scrutiny onto him. So I'd be interested to see what it's like with the media. Whether he's charismatic, um, some of the interviews he gave were really good, um, but that was probably because he's wanted to work in England. Um, and I've I've interviewed foreign managers where. You know, they're giving their best version of themselves. What's it going to be like with the the people who's going to be speaking to, to every week? So, I, I'm interested. It's fascinating. It's just this big soap opera Manchester United. It never, never stops. There's always a story. Even when you don't expect it. And there's a big story here tonight. And then another big one because Michael Carrick's gone. So, what's coming next? It's just non-stop. And there's times, and I don't know how, you, how Laurie feels about it. I, I sometimes say to my wife, look, I've just... Gotta forget about this weekend because you know Ollie's just been sacked, or it's all the time. You know, I'm, I know we're on the first day of our holiday, but United have just signed Ronaldo, and I'm really, really sorry. And I like it, I, I do, but it's just non-stop. Yeah, I'm yeah. not talking about the rain here tonight. I oh. wish that bleeding
0: stopped. <laughs> it's about to find out that it's non-stop as well. Andy, halfway through your answer. A man with grey hair and glasses walked out to take a picture, and I thought for a moment
2: it was Ralph Ranyuk. It wasn't Laurie, was it? Did you think the same? Yeah, I did see him. He looks a bit of a, a spitting image, so maybe he could be the double. If, any, if ever Ralph's under a bit of pressure and he wants, uh, was, we all calling him Ralph now, yeah. and he wants somebody else to take the flat, like, there's your guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, I've enjoyed doing this in person rather than on the internet like we've been doing, but before we get either locked in or kicked out, I think it's about time that we draw this to a close. Don't forget, you can still get a discount on a subscription on The Athletic, 33% at the moment. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Man United pod to do exactly that. All the very best Manchester United coverage is on there at the minute. But from us, we can say
1: goodnight Oh, Andy, go on. You know, outside the ground tonight, I was struck by how many people came up to me who listened to this podcast and yeah. i know laurie's been getting feedback as well loads and loads and loads of people were coming up and they all said it's absolutely terrible no didn't <laughs> they're like i've just been listening to it today i was listening to you on the toilet today nice one mate <laughs> cheers for that but it was great you know it shows that, 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 that people listen so i appreciate all of them, them them comments and um good night yeah amen to that good night laurie good night
2: yeah thanks for everyone for listening we've had a few spotify you know on instagram and all that top listen so thanks very much it really does mean a lot
0: yeah thank you everyone and we'll see you on the next one we should have previewed Crystal Palace actually but never mind we'll talk about it on the next podcast after that match has been played see you later thank you for listening bye bye The Athletic